Um, so I'm going to be saying Psalm 8, um, page 539. Are you ready? Okay. For the director of music, according to Gittith, a psalm of David. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you've established a stronghold against your enemies. To silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds, the b- and, and animals of the wild, the birds in the sky, and the fish in the sea, all that swim in the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Thank you. Well, good morning. Uh, My name's Sam, one of the student ministers here. If you haven't met me before, uh, you can come meet me afterwards. Uh, But yeah, before we get into the psalm, how about I pray for us? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, as we open your word, I pray that by your spirit, uh, you'll be working in our hearts, uh, helping us to receive your word, uh, and you'll be making us uh, more into the image of Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. So I love outer space. There are whole worlds out there that are nothing like the one we have here on Earth. And I think my love for space started when I watched the TV series Lost in Space, the one in black and white, made years ago. Uh, One of my grandparents introduced me to it, and I love it. Uh, If you've seen it, uh, I think you probably love it as well. It's a bit of of a niche thing. (laughs) Um, But the thing about space, right, is there's stars that are a hundred, even a thousand times larger than the star in our own solar system. There are black holes that eat entire galaxies. And I've got some pictures, if you don't mind moving the slides for me, I don't have the clicker. Uh, We have pictures here, right, of a a black hole and some other things in space. These are beautiful, beautiful pictures. It's hard to look at them and not marvel at it. And in today's passage, the author David has struck at awe with God and the bigness that he sees, or in other words, his majesty that is displayed in the heavens. So there in verse 1, David says, God has set his glory in the heavens. As David looks out into the night sky and sees the uncountable number of stars, he sees God's glory. He sees his majesty in the sky. But what is it that David sees exactly? What is God's majesty? Well, the word majesty can also be translated as adornment. So we adorn many things uh, to make ourselves look nice. I've adorned some nice clothes this morning for you guys. Some of you may have some some jewelry on this morning. And we can think of God's majesty in a similar way, right? 
It's the things he puts on display or adorns. They function the purpose of displaying his majesty. It can sometimes be used to describe God's glory as well, his inner greatness of his being. So when David sees God's majesty in the heavens, he's saying he sees God's greatness on display. But the majesty David sees, is this something we can see? When we look up to the night sky, can we see God's majesty? Well, an American astronomer by the name Lauren Acton, and he's part of Space Lab 2 mission. Uh, this is what he's quoted saying. Looking outward to the blackness of space, sprinkled with the glory of a universe of lights, I saw majesty. According to Lauren, there is a majesty to be observed in the sky. And maybe you've had this thought as well. Sitting under a bright night sky, looking up and thinking about the millions upon billions of stars and galaxies, and seeing its majesty on display. Well, that majesty that Lauren sees, we can see it. That's God's majesty. When we look up into the night sky, filled with all those stars and galaxies, we indeed see God's majesty. If you haven't done this before, why not give it a go tonight? Set up some chairs in the backyard and spend some time looking up into the night sky. If you want the full experience, why not take a trip out to the country? If you've ever been out there, you know that the, the night sky lights up. There's nothing like here in the city. So the heavens, they display God's majesty. But is it just the heavens that do this? Surely the night sky isn't the only thing that shows God's majesty. Well, look there in verse 2. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. God's majesty is also seen, or in this case, heard, from the lips of children. And it's these children that God uh, raises up marvelous strongholds and destroys his enemies. David says God proclaims his majesty through the lips of children. But what does this mean? What strongholds? What enemies? Well, we find the answer to this question in Matthew chapter 21. So in verses 12 to 17, we see Jesus drive out money changers from the temple, and he's healing the blind and the lame. And as Jesus is doing this, the children are praising and shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. But the Pharisees are unimpressed. They're unimpressed with the children and their praises, and they ask Jesus if he can hear what they're saying. Not because they don't think he can, but they're hoping that he'll tell them to stop. But Jesus replies by quoting Psalm 8, today's passage. Jesus says, From the lips of children, God will bring forth praise. And it's through the lips of those children that God destroys his enemies. The Pharisees, from day one, they wanted to kill Jesus, God's king. They are his enemies. Yet they're silenced by the stronghold of children's praise. Pharisees, with all their power and all their influence that they had, were no match for the praise that God brought forth from the lips of mere infants. Do you remember a couple of weeks back when we had our Sunday brunch? Remember the praise that came from the lips of our children here at St. Stephen's 
One child thanked God for Jesus. Another thanked them for their mum. From the lips of children, we heard praise for God. What a majestic God. The God who's greater than the expanses of the universe destroys his enemies through the words of mere children. God's majesty is seen in the heavens and made known through children. Yet there's more in this psalm. In the second half of the psalm, we see God's majesty is also displayed in us, mankind. David says, You made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. The word used for glory there is usually describing God's heaviness, his, his greatness of his inner being. It's not exactly the easiest thing to describe God's glory, but in this passage, whatever it is exactly, we are crowned with it, crowned with God's glory. And being crowned as God's rulers, we reign over creation. So from verse 6 there, you have made them rulers over the works of your hands and put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. Even though we are so seemingly insignificant when we think about the size of the universe, so minute compared to the God who puts the stars and moons in place with just his fingertips, yet we mankind are crowned with his glory. We are set apart from all other creation by God. We exercise our lordship over creation, which is given to us by God. This is how we display God's majesty. So the heavens, the lips of children, and even all mankind display God's majesty. But there's an issue. Many nations over history have looked up into the night sky, even marveled at its grandeur, yet they don't give praise to God like children do. They turn the stars into God's. They make idols out of the stars. Ever heard of something called horoscopes? You can read about them in a weekly newspaper. Someone someone will just look up to the stars and they'll tell you how to live your life. It's a load of rubbish. The star's purpose isn't to tell us how to live our lives. This psalm tells us the purpose of the stars is to display God's majesty. And what about us, humanity? From the lips of children, as much as we love to hear praise, often we hear crying and complaining. Or when we look to the people around us, do we really see God's majesty on display? And when we hear about world news, do we really see mankind ruling over all creation? We can't even control ourselves, let alone the forces of nature. Humans are meant to display God's majesty, but we're pretty lousy at it. Can we ever really then see God's majesty on display? Is his majesty clearly displayed? Well, come with me to Hebrews chapter 2. If you've got your Bible there, you should turn to it. We're looking at verse 5. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come about which we are speaking. But there is a place where someone has testified. 
What is mankind that you are mindful of them? A son of man that you care for him. You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Where is God's majesty displayed? Where is it displayed perfectly? When we look at Jesus. The son of man who was made low but crowned with glory and honor. In Jesus, we see God's majesty, God's glory perfectly displayed. We fail to display God's majesty time and time again. We turn objects whose purpose is to display his majesty into a God of its own. But Jesus never did this, he never sinned. And he was crowned with glory and honor because he tasted death for everyone. And now he reigns in heaven as the king of all creation, with everything subject to him. And as we look forward to that day, where we will be crowned with his glory and honor, because Jesus tasted death for us, he will then share his glory with us. So, what does it mean to set our eyes on Jesus? What does it look like to have our gaze fixed on him? It means Jesus is the center focus of our life. He's the one we adore. He's the one we love. I think we often find ourselves too busy to spend time reflecting on Jesus. As simple as it sounds, right? Instead of thinking, what am I that God is mindful of me? We think, what is God that I'm mindful of him? I'm too busy. Now, I'm sure many of us wouldn't say this, But the reality is we live as though it is true. Think of David, the king of Israel. As king, I'm sure he's got many responsibilities, many things that weigh him down, yet he finds the time to stop, look up to the sky, admire its beauty, and marvel at God's greatness. If David can find the time, you can as well. But it's not the stars that I want us to spend our time looking at. I want us to spend our time in the Bible. Because it's in the passage of, passages of the Bible where you will truly meet Jesus. As you read the vast and wonderfully diverse literature in the Scriptures, you see Jesus' majesty on display. Here's an example for you. Colossians 1, verse 15 But Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And through him all things were created. That's just one verse. That's just a taste of what the Bible says about Jesus. So for you, maybe it's been a while since you last picked up your Bible and gave it a read. Pick it back up again. You could even start with Colossians. Or maybe it's been a while since you were last at your gap group. Or maybe you're not even one at all. You're not in one at all. Rejoin your group or sign up for one today. 
If this is something you should do, let us know. Talk to me, Prash, someone on staff. We can point you in the right direction. So, by all means, take me up on the idea of stargazing tonight. As you look up, be in awe of God's majesty displayed in the heavens. But whether you do or not, remember this. Jesus is the one who perfectly displays God's majesty. So let us fix our gaze on him. Let him be the focus of our lives and be in awe of the one crowned with glory and honor who reigns over all things. Let's pray. Dear Father, as we look to the skies, we can see millions upon billions of stars, galaxies far greater than our own, in a world so large, so beyond comprehension. What are we, mankind, that you're mindful of us? Thank you that you are mindful of us. Though we fail to keep you on our minds, fail to keep you as the center focus of our lives, we thank you that Jesus never failed. Thank you that he tasted death for us and makes your majesty clearly known. Help us to spend more time reflecting on Jesus in your word. Help us to marvel at our Savior who was crowned with honor and glory. Give us an unshakable hope of the glory he will share with us. In Jesus' glorious, mighty name we pray. Amen.